in the morning. When you want the news, you need the front page every hour on the press box. Nothing's writing on this except the uh, First Amendment, the Constitution, freedom of the press, and maybe the future of the country. Not that any of that matters. And now, the news. Lamar Jackson faces an uphill battle to play this weekend. That's according to Ian Rappaport. He has a practice in over a month. He's got a knee injury. I don't remember which ligament it is, but he has one of those sprained. So we're getting Tyler Huntley or Anthony Brown in a playoff game. Bengals. Yeah, easy win. Might as well have a buy, right? Who has a buy? They said they might as well have a buy. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't get it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's an easy win. If you were... um, would you rather play the Dolphins? You know they're going to lose now, right? <laughs> no, no. No. Would you rather play the Dolphins or the Bengals? With I, Tyler Huntley? I'm an idiot. Would you rather play the Dolphins or the Ravens? With Tyler Huntley? Well, yeah. Lamar's not playing. Would you rather play the Dolphins with Skylar Thompson or Teddy Bridgewater or the and Ravens? I'm the, and I'm the Bengals? I might rather play the Dolphins. You just played the, you just played I know. the Ravens. Yeah. I might that's, rather play the Dolphins. That's the only thing that makes me in even slightly concerned about the Bengals is like, yeah, they just played them. Yeah. Liter- like literally just played them four days ago. I feel like Harbaugh was like, yeah, let's throw this game and we'll, uh, we'll got something special for him once we get to the playoffs. So special with Tyler Huntley. That's right. Ty- Tyler Huntley and Anthony and Brown. Anthony They're going to put them on the field together. Be like, you <laughs> never saw this coming, Cincinnati. <laughs> They're going to Rocky too. They're going to play. They played an entire game crappily so that they yes, come yes. out and just suddenly switch. I think they're just going to switch gonna put, from Southpaw. Yeah. One's just going to ride on the other's shoulders, take the snap, and you won't know if the pass is coming from six feet off the ground or 12 <laughs> feet off the ground. Either way, it's going to be incomplete. Ballot question for sure. The Miami Heat went 40 of 40 from the free throw line against the Thunder last night. Miami won this game by a single point. The 40th free throw was the game winning point after Jimmy Butler uh, scored an and one layup late in that game. That set the NBA record by one, by the way, set the NBA record for most free throws made in a game without a is miss. it just me or just crazy things happen in the NBA on a date on a nightly uh, basis? Got 50 here, 71 here. These guys are going 40 from 40 from the line. And Jimmy Butler, by the way, I think he took 23 of those 40 free <laughs> And he throws. made all 23. <laughs> yes. So he was at the line for basically the entire game. The um, announcers on TNT, at one point, they were like complimenting Jimmy Butler's game. And they were like, well... He's not really doing a whole lot of shot making. He's just getting <laughs> fouled and going to the free. Like, this is the old, this is what he's doing the whole game. So as a team, though, 40 of 40. Oh, and by the way, the Heat, I think, had nine active players for that game because of injuries. One of them, Dwayne Dedman, was ejected from the game. And here's what happened. He got into some sort of argument, not like a bad one, but just he and the coaching staff, Eric Spolstra, were talking to each other, arguing with each other during a timeout. And then when play had resumed, he sort of walks behind the benches and sort of smacks and slaps at a chair. And he hits one of the massage guns they have. And the massage gun goes flying onto the court. Oh, there it is. I'm watching it. In the middle of the game. And we're talking, you know, three, four, five feet away from players. And it's it's one of these massage guns. Not, I mean... It would have hurt if it had hit somebody. Like, it just comes flying off the sideline. I got to give him credit. That's one big whack. It is. I mean, he's he's 
way behind the bench. Right. It's almost like he had to throw it instead of slap it. But he didn't. Like, they showed a, uh, an alternate angle replay of him just smacking at a chair. Strong guy. And it just flings this massage gun, like, 20, 30 feet onto the floor. It was... Uh, Can you imagine a guy stepping on that and rolling his ankle? <laughs> Can you imagine hitting a guy in the head? <laughs> Jimmy Butler. <laughs> yeah. Like, just a massage gun coming out of nowhere. And then they had to eject him. And I, I actually wonder, how long did it take the refs to realize what had happened? Because w- when I was watching it live, you just see a massage gun on the floor. <laughs> You're like, what was that? Did a fan throw that? Did they get into the game with a massage gun? Because... Why would a player throw one on the floor? He's mad at his coaches and kind of flung one. You've got to be kidding me, Derek. The Cardinals plan to trade DeAndre Hopkins this offseason, according to Jeff Schultz. He's got two years left on his deal and is owed $34 million. That's how much he's owed. His cap hit next year, though, is $30 million based on the Cardinals' 31 uh, years structuring. Old? He'll be 31 this season. Think, What's his trade I market? think he's... I think he's got a market out there, DeAndre Hopkins, in terms of draft picks, what you'd give up for him. So we saw lots of receivers traded for first-round picks for first round and more. Raiders got Devontae Adams, what they have to give up, first and a second. A.J. Brown, Tyree Kill, all these receivers uh, changing teams and getting first-round picks in return. I don't think Hopkins gets a first, right, because of the contract you're inheriting? Might get a second. I'd be curious to see because he still is potentially really, 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 good. really good. You still like you could look at um, the Chicago Bears or the New York Giants uh, teams that maybe don't have a franchise quarterback, but also don't have a star receiver. Right. And you could look at it and say, all right, uh, look at the season Tua had when they got him Tyree Kill. Look at the season Jalen Hurts had when they got him A.J. Brown. How much better does our quarterback look if look we at the go? the season Jared Stidham had when he got Devontae <laughs> Adams. How much better can our quarterback look if we get him a true number one receiver? I do wonder if there's a team out there that, that has, you know. Not a, a very good team. Right. A Daniel Jones or a Justin Fields type right. that's like, let's get him a number one. Or the Houston Texans, right? They draft, let's say they get C.J. Stroud get at number Stroud, two. Yeah. And they say, let's get, Deon- get, him, let's get, get DeAndre him. Hopkins back, back over here. And see what C.J. Stroud looks like. Right. So maybe there is going to be a market because teams see what those high-level receivers did for quarterbacks last year. Or maybe they look at it and say, yeah, you're on the other side of 30, and we're inheriting $34 million on this contract, and it's going to hurt our cap space. So we'll give you a third, Arizona. I didn't get like hit in the balls. But like... Did you see this tweet from Sean Shapiro that media members that cover the Jets have to cover their shoes in cellophane before entering the locker room? I mean, are these guys walking in mud before they go in there? So I was confused because the tweet to explain it was like, it's to keep sand and dirt sand off and the dirt. floor. Where are they making these guys walk through to get to the locker room? That was my Shore. question. Like, what do they have to go through to get in the locker room? But apparently it's bad. It, apparently it's bad enough that the Jets were like, our locker room is filthy after the media comes in here. We got to get these shoes covered with cellophane. So and, and by the way, the Jets do provide. It's a little handy device. You step your shoe in, covers it in cellophane. Step your other shoe in, covers it in cellophane. Then you walk in. It's like saran wrapping your feet. Would you rather do that or consciously have to avoid the logo in the middle of the Raiders locker room or you do 25 push-ups? I assume they have to do the same in the Jets locker room, right? 
I don't know about the 25 push-ups. I don't know if you got the same amount of pride. Well, yeah, it's I don't the know if there's... Just, yeah, like I know. It's sort of... They're not... The one's not better than the other. They're the same. Uh, wait, do we know? I, I guess we don't know. How many NFL teams do the whole don't step on the logo or you do 25 push-ups to the media? The 25 push-ups, I have no idea. I think the logo's a big deal, though. I think the logos are you don't step on the logo. I always thought that was a hockey thing. It is. It is. It is as well. Yeah. I think it, it's it's more well-known as a hockey superstition or whatever right. you want to call it. But apparently, it made its way to football as well, which, by the way, is stupid. Don't put it on don't the floor. Step, stepping on or it or doing the 25 don't, push-ups? If, don't put the logo on the right, floor. If you're going to have this weird, hey, you can't step on the logo, it's disrespectful, don't put it in a place that's meant to be stepped on. <laughs> it's put right it, in the middle of the floor. Put it on the ceiling, right? The nobody, Raiders, it's like right as they come out the right. shower, it's like right in the middle of the floor. Nobody can step on it if you just put a logo on the ceiling or something like that. Don't put right. it on the floor. That's just dumb. Mama didn't raise no uh, wuss. Okay. Broncos offensive lineman Quinn Minarez. Hated the Chiefs' little snow globe huddle. Uh, he said the Chiefs' little ring around the rosy play versus the Raiders pissed me off. He also talked about how his only goal while he's with the Broncos is to beat the Chiefs because he hates them. Good luck. Why was a random Broncos offensive lineman more upset about this than the Raiders? Than the Raiders. <laughs> he must really hate the Chiefs. He mu- He must not. So he hasn't. Played? Has he not played the Chiefs yet? Because I don't know. I to be honest, never heard of the guy until I saw him just randomly talking about this this ring around the rosy huddle. Because here's the thing: I didn't see the question. the 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 highlight or the soundbite that was tweeted out was just his answer. But I don't think he was actually asked about this the specific huddle. I think he was just asked about the Chiefs and was like, "Oh, we got to beat them. That's right. my goal." Oh, and by the way, that ring around the that rosy huddle was a bunch of crap yeah. and disrespectful. Meanwhile, the Raiders yeah, are like... Yeah, because why would a media member who had nothing to do with that game right. suddenly ask a offensive lineman for the Broncos, hey, did you see that ring around the rosy play? Right. I would have loved to see locker room clean-out day across the league for all the teams eliminated. Hey, did you see what the Chiefs yeah, did? The Raiders? <laughs> and everybody's just like, oh, that pissed me off. <laughs> Meanwhile, Josh McDaniels like, eh, that was fine. Yeah, no, put it, that into my playbook. I just don't understand how... He, you, you play in the AFC West, you're going to need to get used to that happening yeah. to you. Especially They're going to do that stuff. They're going to do crazy stuff. Next season. Okay, hold on. I got two points. Number one, did they do the ring around the rosy huddle because it was a lap like John Gruden's victory lap? As a counter to right, it? Right, as a hey. Remember when you took a lap around the stadium? I just doing think they the did huddle. it because Andy Reid does that stuff. Okay, number two. I do not care what the score is at the time next year. If the Raiders force a turnover against the Chiefs next season, all 11 defensive players need to do that. As they So they intercept the ball, they get tackled, then all 11 come up and do the ring and around do, the And do it and just get, yes. Even if they're down 35 to 7. I don't care. I don't <laughs> no, care when it happens. That's when it'll be. Well, that'll be funny. But any if they get a turnover against Kansas City next year, the defense needs to celebrate by, by getting ring around the rosy. And do ring around the rosy. That will be, if, and if, if it's actually a close game at the time, Phenomenal celebration. I It'll be the greatest thing you've done. I don't know how many guys on this defense will actually be back next year. To me, like Max Crosby's going to be like, listen, you guys weren't here, but come over here. I'll explain it later. Bring around the Rosie. <laughs> I would honestly say the more disrespectful play to the Broncos was the one where obviously Mahomes is running out of bounds. Nope, he threw it over his head to McKinnon for a touchdown. That was a good play. I'm about to install Tinder. I'm so thirsty. Sean McVay. 
won't block assistant coaches from seeking other jobs. According to Pro Football Talk, he doesn't know if he's coming back and doesn't want to prevent his assistants from finding well, a different job. No, and he shouldn't. If he's not even coming back and you tell Joe he can't go get another job, when's he going to tell the Rams? I mean, look, he's got to know. He's got to know inside what he's feeling because they were so bad this year, and he was asked about it so often. Gilbert Manzano, our friend, asked him a couple times, uh, what are you going to do? And both times he said, I don't know, I'm going to think about it. But don't you say within a week or two? I mean, you're going to hang- I mean, leave him hanging? The Broncos have already done 47 interviews for yeah. head coaches. You're going to step in and be like, oh, wait, the Broncos already hired you? Like, when's he going to tell the Rams yeah. what he's doing here? I'd assume it'd be fairly soon. So I have a conspiracy theory. Um, at Radio Row, they have whoever is sponsored by whoever who's not in the playoffs wander around and give interviews and be like, mm-hmm. hi, I'm here on behalf of Old Spice. Yep. That man is the face of Chunky Soup. I think he's contractually obligated through the Super Bowl to make appearances as the Rams head coach for Chunky Soup. What he'd be better is just the Chunky Soup guy, right? Like if you're Chunky Soup, you get all you get all his time now. He retires. You're like, all right, Sean, we got more commercials. We got more soup for you to sell. sell. You don't have any excuses about this football team anymore. Come on down and shoot some soup commercials with us. I can't wait to get Matt Stafford on the show on behalf of Little Caesars. Uh, And and, and I I understand the question. Uh, So there's a story in ESPN earlier this week. Bill Belichick is coming back. First 24th season with the Patriots. Did I miss a story about him retiring? I mean, was he ever leaving? I, I was surprised to see that as a headline because I never... I never saw anything that was like, yeah. oh, Bill Belichick m- might retire. Now, the, my I other mean, question to this, maybe he should, is New England going to be yeah, good anytime be good soon? This year? Well, they finally ha- they have a quarterback who can play in the league. <laughs> <laughs> Bailey Zappi? Uh, I, I mean, I, yeah, he's coming back. I don't know if New England's going to do anything. If you're New England, by the way, are you moving on from Mac Jones? Are you all in? Like, you have Mac Jones. Do you want him to be your quarterback next year? I guess I want to know what the alternatives are. Derek Carr. Bailey Zappi. I'd want Derek Carr before I wanted Mac Jones. But it's cold. Jimmy Garoppolo. It's cold. Bring back. Well, I don't know anything about Garoppolo in the gold. Bring back Jimmy G. He was but there. We know he was already there, so he knows what it's like. Uh, Derek, I'm going to stick with my non-cold cities. I'm sticking with that. This is my. Favorite Ed take for the rest of the until Derek Carr signs. I love the I'm, idea that, that, that he stuck, says that no. Carr is going to say no, exactly because, because ah, it's, it's cold there. Don't want to play outside. All right, coming up next on ESPN Las Vegas, the Golden Knights don't play again until tomorrow, but we'll look at how they've performed against Pacific Division teams. Michael hands it off to Petrangelo. Trouble with the puck. He reached for it, missed it. Kings going the other way. There's Fiala. He couldn't get a shot away. Now in front, he does, and he scores. Hat trick for Kevin Fiala into an empty net. Kings 5, Knights 1. You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. The Golden Knights are back in action on Thursday. They host the Florida Panthers. Um, okay, here's, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give you some stats and we're going to figure out if this is a big deal or not. So right now, first off, in the Pacific Division, the Golden Knights are still in first place, 56 points. They're only two points ahead of the LA Kings, and they're only four points ahead of the Seattle Kraken. 
And right now, the two wild card spots in the West are both Pacific Division teams, Calgary and Edmonton. Now, the Golden Knights are nine points ahead of Calgary and 11 points ahead of, ahead of Edmonton. So a pretty big gap on the fourth and fifth place teams in the Pacific Division. So there's your standings right now. Pretty tight at the top three. And the top wildcard teams in the West are both Pacific Division teams. The Golden Knights have lost five straight games to Pacific Division opponents. They've lost to the Kings twice, the Kraken, the Ducks, and the Canucks for five straight Pacific Division losses. Now, this extends back into early uh, December because they've played a lot of other teams that they've beaten. For the season, they're now 5-6-2 and two against the Pacific. Do you think there's anything to this? Uh, we've talked a lot about the Pacific being really bad. And if you look at this record, are we sure the Golden Knights are very good? (laughs) (laughs) I I think, I mean, mean, they're good. I know they're good, but I'm not going to turn around and say, I suddenly think the Pacific's a great division. Right. It's very, it's very bizarre to me that you would have, uh, the Golden Knights, be leading the division and the Golden Knights be, I mean, in in all honesty, they're a cup contender. They're at least a Western Conference contender. Right. And yet have sort of this bad record against the Pacific. And I and I almost wonder, is it just sort of weird variance over the course of a season? Because it's not like they've played five straight games against the Pacific. These have been spread out over right, the course of right. a month and a they half. They had like or a so. back-to-back Kings and Ducks, and that's uh, right. the rest has been spread out. But they've beaten teams from basically all the other divisions in that same stretch, and have played, I think, slightly above 500 hockey for the last month and a half or so. So it's just a it's a curious thing. I think it's probably just sort of random variance, but. If there's something to it, right now, the Golden Knights' path to winning the West, their first-round matchup would be with Edmonton, a Pacific Division team, and their second-round matchup would be with the winner of L.A. or Seattle, two other Pacific Division teams. If the Golden Knights are going to make it to the Western Conference Finals, they are almost certainly going to have to beat two Pacific Division teams in series to get there. And if there is any truth to this, struggle against the Pacific division, then that could be an issue. Even if they're the better team than LA or Seattle or Edmonton or Calgary, that could be a weird problem, even though I don't actually think it's a big deal. Um, My other question for you, 56 points for Vegas, 54 for LA, 52 for Seattle. Could they blow this? Well, we saw what happened last year. This is, they're going to be what, unless, uh, First place in, in the all-star break, which they were last year, and they don't even make the playoffs. So I think there's a chance they could blow it. I, I don't think we can sit here and How say that they're How are their man gonna, games? They're, they're getting healthier. They got, yeah. They've gotten people back. Uh, and they and just they're getting sent, more back, it seems yeah, like. Yeah, they just sent two guys back to Henderson. Well, Jake LeCision's on waiver, so he technically could be claimed. But uh, right now, the significant players that are out are Zach Whitecloud and Shea Theodore, which, granted, are significant, but it's no longer... White Cloud, Theodore, Eichel, Martinez, Marsh, Marcheseau. Right. And I might even be forgetting somebody else. Like, that that was a stretch where I was like, oh, those are five really good players. Right now, it's only two. And Brett Howden, uh, he's not a high-end player, but Brett Howden would probably be in the lineup every single day if he was healthy. He's maybe the third most significant guy that's out right now. They're probably going to get one or two of those guys back uh, for tomorrow's game and that's after. I don't think White Cloud's coming back for a while. Right, he's the one uh, he's the one that when he went off with that knee you're like okay that could be bad. Right. So it's probably Theodore maybe Howden maybe right. both 
tomorrow. Right. I did. Did Cassidy talk about this yet? They've been off for like four days. I don't even know yeah. when the last time he talked is. So I assume he'll well, he talk talked today. yesterday. I'm sure after practice. Did he? Okay. All right. Yeah, I he didn't, talks after every practice. I didn't see any updates on uh, people tweeting out injury updates from these guys, but I'm sure we'll get one today or tomorrow before they actually play the Florida Panthers. But I mean, here's the thing: injuries happen in hockey. As long as you don't lose like seven guys like they did last year and like they did for about a month here, they should be fine. Um, but I do, I, I don't think they're going, I don't think there's a real chance they miss the playoffs. I don't think so either. But, but I do think they the could Pacific? lose, I do think they could lose the division. Yeah. Like I'm not convinced LA or Seattle is, are truly that good, but it's close enough right now that, yeah, they, they could lose the division, which makes it a little bit harder to actually get through to the postseason. And here's another question for you. Who would you rather play in the postseason? Seattle, L.A. or Calgary, Edmonton? Seattle, L.A. That's the funny part. Because right now, Seattle and L.A. are the ones that could actually catch Vegas. Calgary right. and Edmonton are wild card spots 9 and 11 points behind. Right. And I think I'm with you. Like, even though they haven't been as good this year, I think I'd rather play Seattle, L.A. than the Calgary, Edmonton. I don't know if I want to get into a seven-game series with a, one of those other two, especially right. Calgary. And it's it's funny because we're you know, more than halfway through this season. And we've got a half a season of evidence that LA and Seattle have been better than Edmonton and yeah. Calgary. But I think I'm with you that I'd rather play Seattle, Seattle LA. Or, or LA. So here's your hypothetical standing. Stay like this, where it's Vegas, Seattle, LA, and the one, two, three Edmonton, Calgary, and the four five in the wildcard spots. I should say, if you lose and fall to two, you get Seattle or LA in the first round. Meanwhile, the Pacific Division winner would get a wild card team like Edmonton or Calgary in the first round. There's a huge argument you should fall to two. Yeah. Now, granted, you don't get home ice in the second round if you right. get there, but I think that's a relative that means. thing. Yeah. Uh, Jared hit, hit, hitting himself in the head. Sorry. All right. We're going to break. Coming up next on ESPN Las Vegas, Jason Vetz joins the show. Yeah, I'm on the way to work right now. What? Me and Fitz, Fitz in the car with me. Harry and Fitz, baby. Who, who, 12 noon to 3 p.m. Eastern. Who is Fitz? Monday through Friday. Jason, Jason Stop. Stop. Don't, who? Don't answer him seriously, Harry. The, the show know, is called. Knows who Jason the show is, is called Fitz and Harry. You got to check it out. It's noon to three p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio on ESPN app. You on said Watch Fritz ESPN. or Fitz? You my guy, Jay. You my guy, well, Jay. Hey, is it Fitz I'm, or I'm Fritz? I'm gonna say this. We're back to the press box morning show with Ed Greeny and Tyler Bischoff. Who is Fitz? Well, you said Watch Fritz ESPN. or Fitz? That was on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max yesterday, and uh, we know who Fitz is. It's Jason Fitz. Hi, Jason. Hey, Jason. You know, he'd know my name if I was smothered and covered in cheese because, you know, Keyshawn only remembers the things he eats, which is a lot lately. I'm starting all sorts of heat. You know, like Keyshawn looks like he ate the old Keyshawn and he's still standing right now. So, you know, uh, it's not my fault. He can't see the play cards below him that tells him who's on what, you know. I'm I'm fat shaming a former NFL wide receiver that's on our flagship show. I was going to say, the response to Keyshawn Johnson not knowing who Fitz is is to call Keyshawn Johnson fat? Yeah, 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 100%. I felt like, you know. I don't feel like we're at that level where I can say your mom to him. So the next thing I'm going to do is make a fat joke. You know, like he's going to know my name after I keep telling everybody that he got like he's got to be in the elastic waistband pants by now, right? Like we just look at he's where he's wearing sweats and trying to pull those off as like suit pants at this point. I mean, that's what Tyler does at press conferences. I do. Elastic waistband's the way to go. 
Don't don't wear real pants. There's no reason to wear real pants in 2023. Um, so Jason Fitz joins us. Um, I'm curious your thoughts on the national championship game. How was it that bad? How did TCU not just get like blown out by like four touchdowns? How did they lose by 58 points? Yeah, I think there's a combination of TCU played the worst football game they played all year, which is sort of staggering to say, considering how poorly they played a few times and really escaped against bad opponents. And then Georgia came out just fired up, under the God sort of moment. And if you look back at the Michigan game, one of the most surprising parts is that it was as close as it was because Michigan had two pick sixes, uh, special teams gaps. I mean, like Michigan did everything they could to just not be in that football game. And all of a sudden they were at the end. Like you could score on TCU and the book on TCU all year has been the defense starts slowing in the second half. They come back. Well, that's not going to happen in that vibe and that, you know, Georgia's not going to let you do that. And so they just sort of stomped the will out of them early and often. And so, you know, I think Miller not being healthy made a little bit of a difference to the run game, but also Jalen Carter played the way Jalen Carter's supposed to play. He didn't in the first uh, in the first round. So I think what you had was a, the like the best of Georgia and the worst of TCU at the same time. And a reminder that that's what you're going to get. Like Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, like they're living in a different level right now. Is it the dumbest rule? We talked about this yesterday that Stetson Bennett cannot go to the College Hall, Hall of Fame because he wasn't a first-team All-American. Yeah, that is the stupidest thing. Like, you know, Harry, my co-host, Tisha knows the name of, keeps making the argument that at this point, uh, that, that at this point, Stetson Bennett is the best Georgia Bulldog of all time. And I think anybody that saw Herschel Walker play immediately says, wait, 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 wait. But at that point, when you've won back-to-back national championships, you beat Alabama to get one of those. And then on the other one, you run through undefeated and you have a dominant championship game. They didn't win, you know, in spite of you. They won largely because of Stetson Bennett playing so well. At this point, he cemented his legacy as one of the top two or three Georgia Bulldogs of all time. To not be eligible for the College Football Hall of Fame is just stupidity on that. Like, these are the moments, like, in today's world, we need to change some of the voting process for that entire thing to make it more fair to what college football now is. What round does Josh McDaniels draft Stetson Bennett? Oh, second, third. No, I'm going to presume. <laughs> I'm going to presume that this organization, this regime, is going to do a better job than like they they get the benefit of the doubt once, right? Like I'm going to presume that they're going to look around and realize that Stephen Bennett, you know, is not an NFL quarterback. But also, like, you know, the funny thing is because Harry was talking about, you know, somebody should bring him in just for his leadership and his moxie and all these things. And I'm like, I don't know that I really buy that. If I'm Stephen Bennett, I don't ever want to put bad on tape. Like right now. I'm a golden god. I mean, if I'm Stetson Bennett, I become a brand ambassador for Georgia today. I join the coaching staff as some sort of a grad assistant, and I make millions of dollars just being paid like Vince Young has for years to go out and represent Texas. I represent Georgia, buy a car dealership somewhere, and I just live off the the rich and famous lifestyle that can come in Georgia for winning those two natties. Wait, you're not even going into the NFL? Oh, no, God, he doesn't have a shot at the NFL, so well, you want to go battle to be like the fourth string practice squad quarterback for a couple of he years? He could be Brock Purdy. Oh man, we're really going to Brock Purdy, Stetson Bennett, like Brock Purdy, <laughs> Stetson Bennett. Like that's the same thing that everybody now is like trying to convince us all that Will Levis and Anthony Richardson can be the next Josh Allen. And it's like, I don't know guys, maybe there's exceptions to the rules and you don't change the rules because of it. All right. Should the Raiders top priority be Tom Brady? Um, Here's the thing, uh, like the Raiders fan base 
should relax about the tuck rule. I'll tell you that. Like, I, I see people all the time say, well, Al Davis would never. Okay, Bill Romanowski came over and joined the Raiders. He was a hated Bronco at the time. Like, Al Davis, just win, baby, meant just win, baby, right? Like, so if, if, if you feel like Tom Brady can help you win games right now, then you go get Tom Brady. And Tom Brady has not been the problem this year for the Buccaneers who were in the playoffs. Tom Brady over 4,600 passing yards. I, I'm not saying he's Tom Brady of old, but Tom Brady is certainly better than a lot of the quarterbacks that are out there. Would I leverage my future for Tom Brady? No, because every year you're going to have to do this. Every year you're going to have the reimagining of Tom Brady. I don't think Brady would have any interest in joining the Raiders. I'll say that clearly. I think Brady is going to look around the league. He's going to go somewhere where he can win a championship right now. And unless the Raiders are going to rebuild the entire defense and a couple of guys on the offensive line, that is not Vegas. So I don't think Brady comes to the Raiders. But if the Raiders decide that they can get him, then I have no problem with Brady coming in. I would just I, I challenge that it, you're going to have to draft a quarterback. Then you're going to have to have short term, long term at once. And you know Brady's never mentored a damn person in any locker room. I don't know why we think he will here, but you're going to have to have short term, long term. Uh, Josh McDaniels is back. Patrick Graham is apparently going to come back. Are you surprised there's not going to be any significant coaching changes? Yeah, I mean I I am, and what that tells me is that they they sold one sales pitch to Mark Davis. That sales pitch was, man, the last regime screwed up our talent. Because what we're, what we're now being told is like, hey, it's all about the ingredients they were cooking with, right? And so, you know, if, if you're Dave Ziegler, you better have a plan. And a lot of people forget this. You guys know this. But, like, the first draft, usually you're working off of old scouting staff. There's a combination of staffs. And right after the draft, everybody in the scouting department usually gets let go. They reassign all these things. And so you have a better idea. The second year of a draft is always the first time that you get a great indication of who a GM is, Ziegler's going to have to hit home runs because, like, I would, I, I genuinely, genuinely would make the argument right now that the Raiders are in need of nine new starters defensively and two or three new starters offensively, and they're in a market where Chicago has a hundred million dollars to spend and they don't. So Chicago can outspend everybody for the best talent. So you are going to have to hit on every draft pick for the first four rounds. Oh, did you know John Gruden's second draft was uh, Clee Furl, Josh Jacobs, Jonathan Abram in the first round? You know, I actually, like, because every year the, the camera being in my face is a moment, I, I sent the boss of all of our digital shows. They already told me I'm hosting the draft show again. You know, we're going we're gonna to run it back. And I said, great, I'm bringing a bottle this year. And he's like, you can't bring, he's like, you cannot drink on set. And I was like, cool. I'm bringing a bottle that will not have a label on it, and it will be clear liquor. And I'm just going to start pouring and taking shots while the Raiders are on the clock, and I'm just going to brace for the worst of it. Like, I'm just – I'm so used to it at this point. I'm going to brace for, like, the absolute worst of it, and I'm going to hope for something better. That's all you can do. And I'm just telling you right now, if it's Anthony Richardson at quarterback, my God, I just – like, I, I want that kid to be successful, but you cannot tell me – Anybody that's covered college football that I've talked to has told you he needs at least two, maybe even three years to get league ready. And I'm seeing all these mocks putting him up there like, man, I, I don't know, y'all. Like, if it's Anthony Richardson, I might just, like, crawl into a ball of fetal position and start crying in the middle of the show. Uh, please let your bosses know that when the Raiders do draft Anthony Richardson, they need to make sure that is on social media immediately. Your reaction to it. Yeah, I have a sneaking suspicion it will be. You know, it's the, the funny thing is for all the conversation about Derek Carr that's happening right now, the one thing I keep telling people, if you want to be patient, the smartest thing you can do is wait to, to have any take on what's happening at the quarterback position 
until you get the answer to what the replacement is. And if the replacement is Anthony Richardson, man, that means that the whole coaching staff is going to get fired after the Raiders only win four games next year. Complete rebuild mode. The new GM comes in, hires the new coach, that hires and gets a new quarterback. We're like right into a seven-year rebuild all over again, which is like the annual tradition around here. I mean, it's been like almost a two-decade rebuild, right? So what's another seven? Uh, I mean, uh, that's, you know, that's what I tell people on Twitter, all the, all the Oakland fans that constantly like to put up the record on, on the Raiders' problems in Vegas. I'm like, y'all making it sound like you were over there painting Picasso's and you weren't. <laughs> like, I mean, this, this organization's had problems for plenty of years. Yet I'm, I'm still the one that by August will be sitting there saying, you know what, guys, we got a chance. We're a playoff team. Well, he is Jason Fritz. You can hear him right after us on ESPN Las Vegas, fat shaming Keyshawn Johnson. Jason, we appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Jason. Unless he eats me first. Y'all have a good week. <laughs> you said Fritz or fit. <laughs> oh, that's good. I Does Keyshawn Johnson know who Jason Fitz is? Not a chance. You don't think not at all? Okay. All right. You don't think he knows him? I, I think that if they were to introduce a different white guy as Jason Fitz to him, he <laughs> would be go, okay with he it. Would, he would genuinely okay. go, oh, yeah, hey, I've heard hey, about you, man. Heard, uh, how are you? All right, coming up next on ESPN Las Vegas, we jump into some UNLV football and their new offensive coordinator. No. Have you ever seen the scene from, um, what you call it, uh, Bob Squarepants, SpongeBob, that he goes into his uh, brain? Into, yeah, in his brain, I think, and, and he's looking for something. He just goes crazy and started burning things, and you know, I feel I feel like that sometimes when we lose, that happens. Like no, it's, it's okay. We are going to lose some games, and we are going to win a lot of games. And um, even though we're not, I've built the perfect habits, you know. And me personal, my opinion, where. I believe we can be. We are still, last night we were second in the East. That's scary to me. You know, and I believe when everybody gets acclimated, people know the role. Joe is feeling good and making plays, and Chris comes back, and Chris is being bad mother, sorry for my language, bad man that he is, and Joe is back, and we playing, and we running, and we having fun. And that all that click, it's, I go to war. I go to battle any day. I take my chance with those guys any day, any day. And whatever happens, happens. You know, I'm, I'm proud of the group we have, and, but we have to be better. And everybody up there, I, I believe, I know my teammates, they understand that, and we are going to be better. It's the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Bob, square pants. All right. Jared's going to make me not talk about UNLV because I have a very important question. Who was that? That was Giannis. Yes. Does Giannis actually not know the name of SpongeBob SquarePants? Bob SquarePants. Or is Giannis playing up this image that he has of naive 20-year-old who's wowed by everything in America? I'm going to say the former, and he does not know the full name. Who would know not... SquarePants and not SpongeBob? I mean, he might have heard, he's obviously heard of it, but if you asked him like quickly, name him right away, I don't know if he would. He might just say Bob. SpongeBob SquarePants can be seen in 208 countries 
and has been translated into more than 55 languages, according to Nickelodeon. SpongeBob SquarePants has been on the air for 23 years. That might be the most surprising fact. Giannis mm. knows the name SpongeBob. This but is does like he know it's no. SpongeBob SquarePants. No, no, he got, he got SquarePants. Square but does Bob he know it goes together? SquarePants. Yeah. He he does not know the main word of SpongeBob's sponge. name. Sponge. Sponge. He's a sponge that runs around the bottom of the ocean. That is the if if you know anything about SpongeBob, it's that he's a sponge. And Giannis didn't know that. I th- that you makes think me second being, guess everything Giannis has ever ever done. You think this is yes. completely on purpose to play up? Uh, yes. I will say maybe he was searching for the word sponge, and he was like, "Well, I know it in Greek, so uh, but I know it's Bob SquarePants." Okay, that yes. that might be a good point. That might be a good point that he didn't know the word sponge. As somebody who has not seen SpongeBob in a different language, though, I am gonna guess they still call him SpongeBob. I'm on it in other languages. I I would be surprised yes. if they translate it to it whatever the hell is little sponge different. is in Greek. Or whatever, the 55 different languages that it's in. I'm just saying, if there's one thing you know about SpongeBob, it's not that he's got square pants. It's that he's a sponge. Oh, my God. His name in Greek is Bob. Not able to pronounce that word. Sophungorekis. So that's sponge. Okay, but it's Bob. It's literally Bob. And his last so name is... No. So, so Giannis... He translated it correctly. <laughs> Giannis in growing up might have watched SpongeBob. Where I thought they, his name was Bob. Where they called him Bob. I'm not doing it again. Okay. I'm about to send it to you. <laughs> Bob, whatever the Greek word is, SquarePants. Yes. Why would they translate just Sponge? Why wouldn't they translate SquarePants? You mean instead in of Greek. The Sponge? Like Jared's telling us that it's Bob SquarePants, I thought. No, no. Jared's telling us his what's his name in Greek? Bob? Try to pronounce it for us. So we all get the idea. Fun. No, no, the whole name. Give me the whole name. Bob Shafungarkis. Squarepants. I say Shafungarkis wouldn't be squarepants, would it? No, that's sponge. That's the Greek word for sponge. So his name's Bob Sponge? Yeah, because it's probably a language like Spanish where you put okay. the adjective in a different place. I'm just saying, okay, all right, maybe you've convinced me otherwise, but he should know it's SpongeBob, not Bob SquarePants. I, I, I'm, I'm sending it to you now, Tyler. Check your email and see if you can pronounce this. Because... I, I'm not shaming you for not being able to pronounce Greek. No, of course not. I'm just trying to get the actual, uh, what do they call him over there? Because why would you change it from SpongeBob? I don't know. I don't know. I'm doubting Giannis and his... Uh, this is on purpose to... It might be. Promote It his... might be. The stories kind of about him, night, night, yeah, uh, night, this naive twenty-year-old, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the dunking of the chi- of the Bob's Oreo tickets. Oh, there you go. Can I hear it? Bob's Fungarakis. I was right. not close. I think I got keys right. Fungarakis. So that, that might be SpongeBob. And this is the English SpongeBob. <laughs> Surely they still call him SpongeBob. Uh, Jared, uh, we don't have a long break coming up. I was going to ask you to find out what Squidward's name is in Greek. I'm on it. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> so, uh, does yes. he have any idea who Squidward is? Well, he, if he knows who Sponge is. He, he cited a specific episode. episode. Like, he went into detail about a specific episode to be like, this is how I feel right now. So he know, he's very aware of SpongeBob and the episodes. I'm just second guessing that how he knows the names or doesn't know the names, but he's got to know who Squidward is. He's got to know who all the yeah. characters are. He knows one specific episode. So did we get Squidward? Uh-oh. Do, we, do you have it that quickly? That's impressive. Calamari's plokamias. Was that That's calamari? A long word. Was that calamari? Calamari's plokamias. <laughs> calamari. Basically. Uh, squid who plays polka. There's there's no way Mr. Krabs is yelling calamari calamari sklokamass every time he's mad at Squidward. There's no way that's happening. That's way too many syllables to be angry. They just call him cow, but they just call him cow in the Greek one. Oh, I'm gonna. Have, I'll try to find us a, a clip. An First of all, of Greek <laughs> yes. from the Greek show SpongeBob yeah. SquarePants. We are gonna spend 30 minutes tomorrow just listening <laughs> to a SpongeBob show in Greek. Greek. Coming up next on the Press Box. Get ready to tune in. It's gonna be the best radio we've ever done. Uh, so there's Giannis calling him Bob SquarePants, um, which is not his name. Not his name at all. Uh, I'd be willing to bet. Should I say, I, I think 100% of NBA players know who SpongeBob is. 100%? Who would not know who SpongeBob is? They all have to. Every yeah, single one of them. Especially if it's translated in that many countries. Right. And even then, you're over here. SpongeBob's on Nickelodeon like 24 7, right. isn't it? It's just there's a SpongeBob channel. It's a marathon. Okay. They, they interrupted they for that random call Bears Mr. game. Krabs. Which translates to. Mr. Eugene. Which is crap. That's his first that, name. That's his first yeah. name. Yeah. So right. maybe, maybe Giannis was telling the truth. <sighs> he should have just said the Greek word for sponge instead of Bob Squarepants.